Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things movie and nostalgia podcasts, check out cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our youth to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Poland-Clark, and with me is my co-host, Kara Gail O'Regan. Hello. And today, our guest is my friend, Anthony Oliva. Hi, Anthony. Hi. Um, so, Anthony chose the 1987 movie, The Princess Bride, um, which, embarrassingly, I had never seen before, and Kara, you hadn't either, right? Not really. I definitely, like had been in the room when it was on but hadn't actually paid attention to it so no yes I've been made fun of a lot in the last two days when I told people that I saw it for the first time um really quick I'm gonna try to do the plot but you both feel free to hop in and help me because I'm not that good at this part um so the movie is it follows it's about a (laughs) let me me try again you're off to an amazing start (laughs) You're doing amazing. <laughs> I like started to write it down in my notes and then I just wrote the word plot really big and I was like, no, you got this. <laughs> um, okay, so we the movie opens on baby Fred Savage, who's adorable. Yeah, he's so cute. Um, he's adorable. He is home, sick in bed. His grandpa comes over and says, I'm going to read you a story. Fred Savage is all like, "Mm, this story's stupid. And the grandpa's like, no, I got you. I'm going to read this to you. And the story is the princess bride, um, which is the story of a princess named princess buttercup. Is she a princess at the beginning of the movie? No, I actually, I wrote something down about this. Hang on. Let me find it. Buttercup is continually referred to throughout the film and in the film's title itself as the princess, even though she is not yet married to the prince. However, the grandfather states that Buttercup was born on a small farm, and the prince states in his speech to the people that she was once a commoner. The reason for this discrepancy is that in the novel, the law of the land did indeed allow the prince only to choose his bride, but she was required to be a princess. And the prince overcame this obstacle by just declaring Buttercup a princess of a non-existent country, therefore making her eligible to marry him. Okay, so but she's not a princess when we meet her. Uh, um, that's a long-winded way of saying that's correct. She is. Not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, she. But so she lives on this farm. She has a farmhand. She quickly realizes that she's in love with the farmhand. Um, they kiss. They're very happy. And then he has to leave. Why does he leave? I don't know. To go make his fortune so he can be worthy of right, her hand because, in marriage. Right. Cool. To buy her. So he has to go make some money <laughs> so he can buy her. Yeah, shorthand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he leaves... She gets word that he's been killed, her life is over, and then this prince, he's a prince? Yeah. A king? Prince. He's going to be a king when he gets married? Um, I don't think that's how that works, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this prince says, Buttercup is going to be my bride, we're going to get married, and she's like, whatever, I don't care, my life is over anyway. Um, And then she gets kidnapped. Um, And finds that her true love is still alive um and the rest of the movie is just them trying to figure out how to be together which doesn't do it justice but we'll get there (laughs) um 
So, but Anthony, tell me first why you chose this. Um, I don't remember when I first saw it, but I just remember that it's always sort of been in my life, you know. Um, so just thinking about something nostalgic and, you know, um, that, that has meaning to me, this popped into my head. I really, I love quoting all of the ridiculous quotes and... Um, make you know doing the voices and everything and uh, yeah that's why it's like so quotable <laughs> we'll get there too <laughs> yes um, uh, had you watched this when's the last time you saw this before today or yesterday um, I feel like it might have been uh, around a year somewhere right, around so there. like this has like lived with you as an adult mm-hmm. yeah um, and Kara what did you think on your first watching it was fine. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Really? I mean, there were, I laughed out loud at certain points, but, like, overall, I was like, yeah, this is fine. I just don't have that, like, nostalgic attachment to it, but it's okay. Okay, so, like, that happens, like, I feel like that happens a lot on this show where, like, we'll have someone on who, like, who picks something that we've never seen before or one of us has never seen before, and, like, that's how we feel about it, but, mm-hmm. like, I actually really liked this. Like, I'm mad that I didn't watch it twice before we started recording. Um, which, like, that doesn't usually happen. And that's the third movie that we've watched in a row that's actually, like, a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, all right. I, um. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> no, you're allowed. <laughs> um, I have a question about this movie. What What genre would you say that this is oh this is the genre where uh an older person reads a book to a younger person and then (laughs) and then suddenly we're in a fantasy story someplace else it was a very common conceit in the around this time i feel um what else genre um what what else falls into i i have things to say about this but i want to hear what you have to say first it's also a comedy and like fantasy and romance um the reason i'm asking is because i don't know where to place this like if somebody were to ask me to describe like the tone of this movie or the genre of this movie i would be like "Mm, i don't know because it's not it's kind of a kid's movie but it's like kind of Pixar-y in that like I just watched this and I'm 32 and I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And there were some parts that I was like, mm, maybe kids shouldn't see this part. <laughs> um, well, the fact that uh, I going into it, I didn't know that this was directed by Rob Reiner mm-hmm. and that like uh, Christopher Guest is in it. And yeah. uh I did know that Wallace Shawn, a.k.a. Mr. Hall from Clueless, is in it. But, like, <laughs> uh, I didn't know that Billy Crystal or, like, Carol Kane were in it. And then, like, I might have I might have been kind of confused about what this was until I looked at the IMDb page and was like, oh, it's one of these people's movies, which tend to defy genre. You know what I mean? They just, like, take um, elements of different genres and then mush them together in this really absurd way and and a little bit like make fun of itself while it's doing that right very self-aware yeah. kind of thing yeah 
Yeah. Like, if someone had seen Spinal Tap, it would be like, oh, it's just like that. Right. Except, like, maybe kind of for kids. <laughs> yeah, Spinal Tap for children. <laughs> okay, that's the genre. Got it. Well, we nailed uh, it down. Speaking of Spinal Tap, I, in watching some of the, um, I watched a documentary about this called As You Wish. It's on YouTube. Um, and the guy who made the music for this, um, for The Princess Bride... I'm sorry, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he agreed to do it as long as that hat from Spinal mm-hmm. Tap was put in the movie. And it was. Um, in the scenes with Fred Savage and the grandpa, it's in Fred Savage's bedroom. That <laughs> is just, like, on a shelf sitting there. So I found that interesting in a way that I've never looked at this movie before, you know? <laughs> so so deeply, like... yeah. Um, uh, related to this, Christopher Guest's character has six fingers on one hand, which means he's his fingers go up to eleven, much in the Stop. same manner that his character's amplifier <laughs> did in this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, that's pretty mm. great. Because I mean, I I would much rather watch Spinal Tap than this, but like I appreciate that. Um, Kara and I both were like incredibly distracted at the beginning of the movie because <laughs> really tr- because, oh, like, wow. because Robin Wright and Carrie Elwes. I looked it up. It's Elwes. We just spent like five minutes before we recorded trying to say his last name. Um, they're so beautiful that we like couldn't focus on the movie. Yeah, it's quite ridiculous. Mm. Um, which is... Very, uh, so I so I watched... Uh, we just watched Titanic, and over the weekend I also watched The Notebook. And, like, all three of those movies came together for me in this funny way where, like, they're all movies about um, somebody, like, telling a story about something, and that's how the story is framed. Um She's not reading it in Titanic, but whatever. He's reading it in the notebook. And then it's just, like, these two, like, gorgeous people doing their love story. And I was like, uh uh-huh, it's, like, three. It's all the same movie. Cool. (laughs) That's true. Um, Yeah, and I did – I took a cry count while I was watching this. um, And one of my cries was, like, just because Robin Wright was so beautiful. (laughs) It, like, like, took my breath away, and then I cried. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did not cry. But if I did, it probably would have been about that. Um, okay, Anthony, what's your favorite part of this movie? Oh, man. I wish I could have got a list of um, questions beforehand. Ooh. Um. <laughs> That's assuming that there was a list of questions beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, well, I like the rhyming on the boat. <laughs> I like the rhyming. That was, like, one of the first times I laughed out loud. Yeah, um, yeah, it was... That's the one that I constantly quote. Like, anybody want a peanut? Um, yeah, that's... Oh, um, I'm just running through all the whole mm. thing in my brain. I don't think I need to do that right now, but I will go with that. You can. You can do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like like when you first picked this, and I was like, I haven't seen this. And you were like, no, you're going to watch it and know like a bunch of the quotes, because like, everybody's always quoting it. Yeah. Like, that was very true. Yeah, it was. The first time um, Mr. Hall says inconceivable, I was like, oh, is this, is this what that's from? <laughs> like, because I, I knew that that was from the movie. I just didn't, I, I thought that like maybe that was the time in the movie where he says that, but then it turns out he says it like six times. For me, it was the part, like, after that, where where Inigo Montoya is like, you keep saying that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. 
<laughs> I also read something. I can't remember who was saying it one of the actors from the movie was like yeah yeah like we all get it quoted at us like all the time like whatever we're all just used to it but they say that mr hall has it the worst because like he'll do like a dumb little thing and someone will be at him like inconceivable (laughs) like can you imagine if like that was your life forever (laughs) for the last 30 years how frustrating very on the flip um, side, though, apparently Mandy Patinkin gets that "Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya" line quoted back to him by at least two or three strangers every single day. <laughs> and he told uh, an interviewer uh, for New York Magazine in 2012 that he actually loves hearing the line, and he also loves the general fact that he got to be in the movie, saying that, "quote I'm frankly thrilled about it. I can't believe that I got to be in The Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean?" End quote. I thought that was really nice. It is nice. Like, because that sounds like a thing that would actually be very annoying, but like to well, still be able to feel that way about something for so long is. Cool. I think about this a lot because Hanson is my favorite band. And Hanson has to sing Mbop at every concert mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. <laughs> they wrote Mbop when one of them was like eight, one of yeah. them was like 11, and the other one was like 13. And they're, like, well into their 30s now, and they still have to sing it for the rest of their lives and, like, pretend that they're super happy about it. (laughs) And so, like, I just think about, like, what a weird existence that must be. For sure. I I wouldn't be good at that. I would be very bad at that. (laughs) I would be very bad at that also. But whatever. You do a thing, people like the thing. It's cool that people like the thing. And then you get to be a zillionaire. And, you know, if you keep doing the thing that people like, give the people what they want, they will reward you handsomely. 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 The first quote that I wrote down that I really, really liked was when the grandpa says, When I was your age, television was called books. That made me laugh out loud. Um, uh, So, I am very newly obsessed with wrestling. Oh, and I had some questions for you. You have questions? About, yeah, you have wrestling I have, questions? I have questions, not about wrestling, but um, about, like, combat choreography. <laughs> and, like, the... I feel like you would maybe have some insight to this. The um, fencing scene... At the beginning, after they climb up the cliff. Yep. Um, they do, like, every time they jump off of something or, like, flip off of something, they land. And I'm curious if you know what they were landing on. Because it, like, all the gravel kind of, like, jumps up a little bit and falls at the same time. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh. They're, it's it's pads. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just under, it's, like, covered in the, the dirt. So it... Um, you know, it's not seen, but yeah, the way that everything sort of pops off the ground when they land, it's just yeah. some sort of pad. Yeah, and it's just so that it, like, absorbs the, the shock. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, was, like, really mad in the part where they were climbing the rope up a mountain, because, like, that's not what it looks like to climb a rope. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I can't detach from those feelings. <laughs> Whatever, I know it's a movie, but... Um, uh, oh, but what I was going to say is that 
I oh since I'm really obsessed with wrestling I um watched the Andre the Giant documentary that just came out pretty recently in the last like month or so um and so they talk about like him filming this movie mm-hmm. and he was in like such bad shape like just physically by the time they were making this that like he couldn't even like lift up Robin Wright like she was on like you know cables to hold her up because he couldn't do it which yeah. is like so sad yeah it is and especially uh because like she jumps out of the window and then like floats down and lands in his arms and they had her on cables there and the other two they just like cut to them already being down there and i was like oh i wanted all three of them to like romantically float down and get caught by andre <laughs> the giant but oh. that didn't work out for some um. reason i had spliced in to that scene a memory from another movie where, like, I think the Spaniard jumps and lands on a horse, but then <laughs> Wesley jumps and the horse moves and he lands on the ground. And I was expecting that, and then I was like, oh, that didn't happen. Huh, what other movie was that from? <laughs> and I, I can't think of it. Um, I also had a really hard time... Like, I couldn't understand a word that Andre the Giant said. Oh, really? Um, I had a hard time with Inigo Montoya. They didn't have the captions on, and I, like, missed half of his dialogue. Oh, I should have put the captions on. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, whatever. It doesn't... I feel like it's not the kind of movie where it, like, super-duper matters if you miss a few words. Um, But I actually... I read something that, like, they they tried to cast a bunch of other people in Andre the Giant's part, Mm. and, like, couldn't find someone who was like the you know was right for it and so they cast him and then like had him come in to read the dialogue because like all they really cared about was that someone who was really big um and they had him read the dialogue and they were like oh yeah no we can understand a word that you're saying so they had him like record all of his dialogue and like like listen to it all and say it back like he had to have a really really specific way to learn his dialogue because nobody could understand him yeah well i think it was actually like billy crystal and rob reiner reading his lines that he was listening to and so like that's what he was listening to and that's why his like comedic delivery of some of those lines is so good because he was just (laughs) mimicking like billy crystal and rob ryan on those tapes rob reiner that's what i meant to say which I think is um, interesting. I also read that like there are like hours of outtakes of Billy Crystal improving, <laughs> which I want to see so badly. Yeah, me too. Um, a bunch of people got hurt while they were <laughs> filming this. Like Carrie Elwes <laughs> broke a toe he did, and I had read like that. a um, a pretty do, bad do you like know head why injury. He, broke his toe? he was on uh, an ATV. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was riding Andre the Giant's ATV. <laughs> because Andre the Giant couldn't fit in cars, so he had to have a way to, like, get around. Yeah, yeah. and he couldn't, he couldn't, like, yeah, because he was in rough shape, so he couldn't, like, walk from his trailer to the set. He had this three-wheeler ATV, and I, so I watched a little, like, um, little interview with Carrie Elwes, and, and he told the story of Andre the Giant just scooting around on this thing and he would just show up even if it wasn't his scene and he would be like hey boss wanna ride my scooter (laughs) and he was like okay so he gets on and immediately like crashes it and and like gets his toe broken 
on this. <laughs> so yeah, that it's man, it was really fun to find out all these little stories and just like yeah. dig into this movie that I never thought this way about as a kid. Yeah, because they had to like shoot around that because he was like hopping around and limping around <laughs> and like couldn't put any weight on his his foot. But he, he also did a got good job. Yeah, uh, he also got uh, a pretty bad head injury. Because he told Christopher Guest to actually hit him when he hit Wesley during over the one head. of the head bops. There's so yeah. much head bopping in this movie, uh, and they had to like shut down production for a couple days when we went and to the hospital. And that's the take that they actually used in the movie. Well, you might as like, well. <laughs> I know that's incredible. I wish I knew that when I watched it. I didn't yeah. know until afterwards. Um, but Ma- Mandy Patinkin claims that the only injury that he sustained during the entire filming of the movie was that he actually like bruised his ribs trying to stifle laughter in his, in his scenes with Billy Crystal. Like, he was trying to hold back laughter so hard that he actually, like, hurt himself, which is really um, funny. Yeah, that's what makes me want to go find those scenes. Yeah. And apparently, <laughs> uh, Rob Reiner had to leave the set during Billy Crystal's scenes because he would laugh so hard that he would <laughs> get, like, nauseated. Um, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane's makeup was incredible. Unbelievable. But He's- I didn't... I like I had looked at the cast list, and that's the only reason that I realized that that was Carol Kane, because I then also recognized her voice. But if I hadn't known that 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 Carol Kane was in the movie, I never would have known that that was her. Oh, I recognized his voice and her voice like right away, mm-hmm. but like then spent like five minutes like questioning it because you cannot see through their makeup at all who they see, actually I are. I feel like Billy Crystal looks like Billy Crystal. Oh, I um, and he had actually like brought. Uh, photographs of like his grandfather and like brought his uncle in for the makeup artist to like study his face like the the unique like crystal facial structure (laughs) (laughs) and like built the prosthetics and the makeup uh, based off of that so I feel like he looks more like himself than Carol Kane does but really uh, I mean a triumph in both uh, makeup and eyebrow and extensions Mm. Yeah, it's the eyebrow report part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robin Wright's brows, totally natural, beautiful looking, loved them. A lot of terrible mustaches, though. A lot of terrible mustaches, it's true. Like, Carrie Elwes is so beautiful, and he comes back with that mustache. Terrible mustache. I didn't like that part. Yeah. They gotta make him look older, though. That's why? They just, like, grew out his hair a little and yeah. gave him a mustache? Yeah, yeah I guess a- so. He's been around the world, and he's a pirate now. Yeah. Uh, just a little side note. None of you can see it because, you know, this is a podcast. But I have uh, a mustache like that right now on my face. So. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. We just judged you hardcore. Yes. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, you you can have your opinions about mustaches. <laughs> no, it's not mustaches in general. It's like the specific mustaches in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess but, mine's a little different. It's not like trimmed down towards the lip. Like yeah, that's what, that's what makes the part that so I don't weird. like. I think uh, Carrie Elwes uh, carries it much better in Robin Hood Men in Tights, but he also has like a bit of a goatee to balance it out. Is a mustache in that? Yeah, I just googled it. He's very cute in that one too. So that's that's the Carrie Elwes movie that I grew up watching. It was Same. on Comedy Central like every yeah. day, and I used to watch it like every day. Yeah, I saw that one a lot too. 
And the whole time I was watching Princess Bride, I was like, can we just turn those off and watch Men in no, Tights? No, his mustache is much better in Robin Hood Men in Tights, though. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, you did? I wasn't. I was busy Googling it. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, and I feel like I mm, I feel like that movie is like the, is really similar. Yeah. But, mm, not as good. Princess Bride's better. Probably, but I have the nostalgia I know, tie to Men in Tights. I don't know. I haven't seen Men in Tights in a long time. I'd have to well, revisit that, And I that bet too. if we watch that now, like, I don't think that that would be good now. I think it would be stupid now. And pretty racist, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, so I, I tried to watch this with, like, the critical lady lens. Uh-huh. Carrie hates it when I call it that. Sorry. That's okay. Um, and it... It like it didn't it didn't bother me watching it, but like there's there's only two women in this film. Yeah, and they're not great. I mean, Carol Kane is great. Love her. She can do no wrong in my eyes in general. But um, no, but even like she was just a wife, you know. Right. And at some point, I like turned to my boyfriend and asked, like, is she just she being Princess Buttercup? Is she just gonna like? be in peril this whole time like, she was and yeah she was. she's she like never totally helpless and it's really annoying so i was i was surprised to hear that you really enjoyed this as much as you did i just like it's a good movie so it was hard for me to not like it for those reasons but yeah. like i do see that and also her name's buttercup that's okay I buttercups like are a beautiful flower i don't it's so like yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful flower. It's not like... What's wrong with that? Flowers are amazing. <laughs> I know. Flowers are amazing. You're not wrong. It's just not... It's not <laughs> strong. She's the only woman in the movie, and there's just nothing strong about yeah. her. Yeah. No, that I can get behind. Um, speaking of beautiful flowers, what an appropriate uh, movie for us to watch the week of the royal wedding. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, you watched the royal wedding? No, of course not. It was on at seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Um, but I, I did ogle all of the flower pictures afterwards. Oh, I ogled because I, I don't afterwards. Yeah, also the hats. I don't care about weddings, but I do care about flowers, and they were great. I didn't look at the flowers. I have to go back. Oh, they had these like amazing, huge floral arches of like garden roses and maybe some hydrangea and like other white flowers and green foliage from uh, sourced actually sustainably from the gardens of Windsor Castle Um, and the bouquets themselves actually Megan's bouquet in particular uh, Prince Harry actually handpicked the flowers for that one which how cute is that Um, but it had those were really pretty because they were like really small and understated but they had like lily of the valley and um some other stuff that i don't remember forget me nots which was apparently diana's favorite flower which is so sweet and heartbreaking um and a steel which i learned recently i am extremely allergic to but it was beautiful altogether. sorry I, if you let me, I will talk about this for the next three hours. So I we know should. You off. will. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. I'm gonna see if there's anything that we missed. Um, I was... love when they roll down the hill. <laughs> that was 
she like pushes him down the hill because she thinks that he's not actually who he says he is and then he's like as you wish and that's when she realizes that it is jumps down the hill yeah (laughs) and like i wouldn't appreciate that like a woman just throwing herself down a hill to to follow a man but it's really funny and it made me laugh out loud (laughs) it's such good physical comedy i was mad in that part though because it's like that thing that happens in movies where somebody puts on a mask and then you don't recognize them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like she but has But he has a mask whole... and a mustache. And a no. mustache. No, yeah. no, but like she has this whole speech where like she talks about his eyes mm-hmm. and what does she say about his eyes? Something about how they're like the ocean waves yeah, or something. something like that. And... And then you can still see his eyes through his mask. You're going to tell me she doesn't recognize them? Come on. I was really mad about that. But maybe that's just like another like making fun of a movie trope. Like, she doesn't recognize him. We put a mask on him. Yeah. I really liked her red dress. I loved it. It was a very good look for her. I just, it drove me crazy because the belt didn't quite line up with like where the waist seam was. And it bothered me but i liked it it was pretty when did she wear a red dress through most of the movie oh. i should have watched it again for some reason even though i really liked it a lot of it just like exited my head very quickly yeah um fred savage was so cute he was like like the perfect kid where he kept being like oh it's the kissing part and then <laughs> He he was so cute when he was like pretending not to like it, and yeah. then he was like actually getting scared. Like he's he's a good kid actor. Yeah, he's great. He looks the same now as he did then. Also and true. And he he directs a bunch of <laughs> funny stuff now, which Does I love. He? Yeah, Let's like he that. he directs a lot of TV. Like he did a lot of like the middle seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. Um. I can't think of what else. But a lot of things that you're like, wait, what? Really? Like, Fred Savage does that? That's mainly what he does now. Interesting. Um, This was also, like, the time in the 80s where the, um, like, the ending credits, the song that would play during the ending credits would, like, kind of say what the movie was about, which is a thing that I love from the 80s. This one, like, this one wasn't as bad as some of the other ones that I've heard. It was just, like, very loose plot, but I really liked that time period. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention to the credit. I was, like, reading the credits, but I didn't notice the music. I think the guy that did the music from this is the lead singer of Dire Straits. Oh, really? I think so. I think that's the band. He's somebody. I'm going to look it up. I don't actually write it down. It struck me that... This is the second movie in a row where, like, the main female character tried to kill herself. Because mm. she was... Buttercup was going to kill herself, right? Yeah, that was her plan the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's the guy from Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler. Also did the soundtrack for Twister. Well, oh, that's a good movie. Crossover with uh, P.S. I Love Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that? Mm. Yeah. He's like one of the guys on the Twister crew. Uh, mm. So mm. go check out that episode of P.S. I Love Hoffman, cageclub.me. All right. 
anything anyone else wants to throw in about this movie before we play, uh, what are we calling this game? I don't know. Something Sequel? Mash? Sequel, Sequel mash? mash? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well, apparently, uh, just as, as we were transfixed by the beauty of Carrie Elwes and Robert Robin Wright, they were transfixed by each other, and, um... They were so smitten with each other during filming that it obviously helped their chemistry in the movie. And Ellis said that he couldn't concentrate on much of anything after his first encounter with Robin. So I don't know why they didn't last. But uh, they were so reluctant to end their time on the film that during the f- their final shared scene, which is where they kiss on the horseback, one or the other of them would keep requesting another take for all sorts of made-up reasons so that they could, like keep doing it which is sweet oh that's cute yeah <laughs> what else do i have here i just ordered the book on amazon because i found out that it is oh yeah from a book yeah i didn't know that <clears throat> i started to read it <clears throat> excuse me i started to read it because when i went down the wikipedia rabbit hole it was like talking about how the book was written which is not the same as the movie, yeah. but it is in that it's somebody, like, reading a thing or telling a story or something, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just the story of Buttercup and what's his name? No, it's it's supposedly William Goldman abridged this story that was written by S. Morgenstern, and he's just telling all the good parts in this, right. in this abridgment. And it's like this weird book about a fake book. <laughs> and he's... Yeah. I watched... Um, I, I watched the YouTube... Uh, the Honest Trailer for this. <laughs> and it went into that. It was like the book about a fake book about the fake kids. And then... Uh, oh, it was hilarious. So I'd say watch that for, for a bit of a laugh. And it might have helped you with your plot summary, too. Ugh. You should have told me before. True. Yeah. <laughs> Well, apparently it was also inspired by and written directly for the author's two daughters. So he had like already had this like special affection for this story that he wrote, but then it spent several years in development hell, which um, during which it gained a reputation for being like totally unfilmable. <laughs> and um, at least on two separate occasions, studio heads lost their jobs for unrelated reasons just days after they like said, we want to make this movie. Um, and so by that time, uh, the author was so disillusioned and protective of his book that he actually bought back the rights to his own story. Uh, when it became available after one of the studios did this desk clearing thing where they just like put every option story up for sale so they could just start over again, uh, which is weird. But um, so like all sorts of different people were almost cast or um, like a bunch of different directors had been had like almost made it including oh i uh, got super excited about one of them i hope it's on your list i don't uh, remember who it well was. french new wave director francois yes Truffaut. it was francois Truffaut. i was like are you kidding me i would love to see that movie yeah i got excited about that one um but also robert redford norman jewison and richard lester had all made abortive attempts at filming it um Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was actually offered the role of Fezzik, which is uh, Andre the Giant's role. 
Uh, and he said he was extremely interested in taking it, but was unable to because shooting conflicted with his NBA schedule. So that sucks. Um, he was on this season of Dancing with the Stars, the Athletes Edition. I only watched the first episode, but he had this very amazing gold sequin suit on, and I want to know where I can get one in my size. Could he dance? Yeah, he was great. What were the other athletes? Who else was on it? Uh, well, I was watching it because Adam Rippon, Mariah Nagasu, and Tanya Harding were all on it Ooh. this season. Um, and then some football player and a uh, women's basketball player who I think is like still in college. So I hope she got paid really well for doing that. Um, cause they don't pay college athletes, which is ridiculous. But, um, what, who else? There was like a softball player. I, I don't really follow sports other than figure skating. So I don't really know, <laughs> <laughs> but this, they did like a short season of all athletes and at least I, the first like episode that. was really great. I, it's fun to watch somebody who, like, has obviously some kind of knowledge of their body. Yeah. It's fun to watch them learn something that's very, very foreign to them. Yeah. And even, like, the figure skaters... some of them skaters, pick it up real easy. Yeah. Which the figure skaters definitely did because they're used to doing choreography. But, like, there's still, like, so many differences in, like, how you move your body and um, how your body like moves through space on land versus on the ice. So it's been interesting to watch. Um, back to the author's daughters. That's where the name Princess Bride came from oh, yeah. because he asked one of them what the story should be about and she said a princess and he asked the other one and she said a bride. So the Princess Bride. I think um, Schwarzenegger was also considered for Fezzik. Yes. Oh. Yes, he was. <laughs> Um, like kind of what before era... he got famous. Yeah, what mm-hmm. era of Arnold was that? Well, because it like because it took so long for this movie to like actually be made. I think like it was towards the beginning of his career, and then by the time that they were actually going to make it, he had gotten too famous and too expensive um, for them to like actually cast. And then, and like it was the opposite with Andre the Giant, where he was like I think. Initially, like, the first choice, and they they were like, oh, we could never get him, so, like, let's look at all these other people, and then by the time the movie actually got made, they were able to to get him for it. Yeah, I think in one of the, one of the documentary things that I watched, um, William Goldman wrote it with Andre the Giant in mind, Mm -hmm. the, like, the book, um, that character, so, his dreams came true. I'm really like who like he's so large, <laughs> he's so large, like it looks fake. Like he's there's nobody better. Yeah, yeah, he is a a good choice. Apparently, uh, one night they were filming and it was really cold, and Robin Wright was like really really cold, and so Andre the Giant helped her by just like putting one of his hands over her head. And his heads, his hands were so large that it would just like entirely cover the top of her head and kept her warm. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Arnold. Aren't this was like post Terminator? Yeah. By the time this got made, I see why they couldn't get him. All right, is it sequel mash time? Sequel mash. Okay. Which like probably should have a better name. Yeah, eventually. it's whatever. It's it's what we're doing. 
<laughs> that's the name of the game, what we're doing. Um, so this is kind of a pitch, a sequel. This is a version of MASH. Are you familiar with the game MASH? Um, no. So this is oh, a thing. You were never a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a thing that kids play. Not, not exclusively girls, but um, it's very popular among young girls and mash stands for mansion apartment shack house and so like you list all like all of these different choices for different categories and then it creates a story about your future and it's usually like who are you gonna marry and like where are you gonna live and that sort of boring stuff but since this is a movie podcast we have adapted and when i say we have adapted i mean we've done it once where uh we adapted the game of mash into or we fused it with a game of pitch a sequel so the ultimate story of this mash game is going to be the story and the details of the sequel to the princess bride mm -hmm. there are no rules so when I ask you to list some options in these categories, don't worry about things like logic or what's possible or impossible. That doesn't matter. This is, this is all made up and doesn't matter. So what I'm going to ask you for is three options in each category. Uh, I'm going to ask you for what genre would this movie be in? Who would it be written and directed by? Don't get too overwhelmed with that if it's a specific screenwriter or a specific director and you don't have, like, both. That's that's fine. I just need names. Um, I'm going to ask you who the soundtrack would be by, who would, um, like, the characters from A Princess Bride, who would be the star of this movie. So it wouldn't necessarily still be about Wesley and the princess. It mm. could be about any of the other characters. Um, and then who their co-star would be and um, what time period it would be set in. Do you have any questions? Um, I don't think so. Okay. So let's get started. Um, what genre, give me three genres that this sequel could be in. Three genres. Um, let's do a psychological thriller. Okay. <laughs> um, and let's do a, um, a ridiculous, like, comedy. A la either Adam Sandler or Ben Stiller, that sort of like. <laughs> uh, and a silent film. Ooh, that's an interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am delighted by that. Okay. Uh, three uh, who uh, written and directed. Uh, written and directed. Or um, written or directed by. Hmm. Um, let's see. Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm not very well versed on that backside of the, of the movie business. Like yeah. Writer, well, can I throw director. in, can I yeah. throw in David Lynch then? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to play this until he directs one of these. Yeah. Default option. Great. Um, what, uh, what is your favorite by David Lynch? So I can have an idea of... 
Me? Like a visual, yeah. Oh. Of his. Mm, uh, uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is David Lynch. Oh, okay. All right. It's like a kind of surreal... Uh, it's kind of surreal. <laughs> I'll just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and... Um, <laughs> Wes Anderson. Okay. I feel like if this was made now, it would be a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um... Okay, the next one. Who would the soundtrack be by? Or, like, the theme song. Or, like, the, you know, like, how Brian Adams had that song for Robin Hood. What? You know, I think that (laughs) Brian Adams song was from, I don't know. Who cares? Google it. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm not crazy. Everything I do is the theme to Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. Robin Hood? Yes. What? <sighs> All right. What? It's like uh, my heart will go on. <laughs> no, I know. I just like, <laughs> like it's just like such a new connection for my brain. Like, because I know that song. Everyone knows yeah. that song. Hmm. Uh. Oh yes. Question is on me. Um. Who did the music? Uh. Let's. Oh. I'm can't think of his name. Um, clues. Give clues. We'll help. Clues. Um, is there... Carl Zimmer is popping in my head. Is that a musician? I think you might be thinking of Hans Zimmer. Hans He's Zimmer. He's a composer. That was yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Did he do um, Inception? Uh, maybe. I'm going to look it up. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Looks like it. Okay. Great. Well, all right. I'm just drawing random associations in my brain. Um, uh, Macklemore. Okay. <laughs> um, is that two? Yeah, that was two. Two. Oh, guys, I'm I'm sweating. <laughs> this game is not easy. It's I've not. been where you are. I made Kara choose like half of mine for me. Wait, and then. So I pick three in each of these, and then what happens? And then we eliminate them down to one of each of these. Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. Um, let's do uh, Peter Gabriel. Okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. Now, which character would you want to be the star of the movie? Hmm. Um, the, I feel like in... in like watching documentaries and listening to interviews and I sort of fell in love with Andre the Giant okay um and I realized that would be logistically difficult to do but like um, I said there are no rules god I hope it's the silent film then (laughs) with him yeah he would be great in one (laughs) um also can I pick the duo of um Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, mm-hmm. their character, that, uh, <laughs> them as a unit. Um, Side note, they said that they got together and, like, made up a whole backstory for those two characters. Oh, really? So they are ready for this. <laughs> yes, please. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Inigo Montoya. Okay. That would be the, yeah. 
Wow, my attempts to spell that are not going well. Ooh, and how did you spell it? <laughs> I just, you know, sometimes my hand stops making letters and just starts making weird shapes. Inigo Montoya. Um, and who would their co-star be? Now this could be a romantic co-star, it could be like a buddy comedy situation, it could be siblings, it could be whatever. Uh, well, I'd love to see a buddy comedy with Andre the Giant and Mandy Patinkin uh, in okay. Dino Montoya. Yeah. Um, partly because I just I watched an interview short from shortly after when they made the movie and they were just awesome back and forth yeah. together. Um, um, actually, I'm going to have to veto that because otherwise there is a chance that you would have Inigo Montoya starring and Inigo Montoya co-starring. Um, if so, David Lynch was directing that, that would be fair fine. Fair point. Fair point. Okay. So... Put his name back on the... <laughs> okay. Never mind. Forget I said anything. <laughs> Yeah, I thought there weren't rules here. Um, let's see. Uh, co-star. Hmm. I kind of want to know more about the uh, the king. Okay. <laughs> uh, not the king not or Humperdinck. the prince. Not okay, prince. So I'm putting the king. Yeah. The oh, the king. 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 Yeah. He was. He was like super nice. Yeah. I wonder why his son was such a dick. Right. Yeah. And he was like so nice to Buttercup. Whatever. Maybe we'll find out in the sequel. Yep, okay. there you go. Uh, I feel like he and and Billy Crystal probably have some history. Yeah, just putting that out there. Um, was that two? Three? Yeah. Two. two. Okay. All right, one more. Um, let's, does it have to be... Uh, somebody that was in the movie? Uh, nah. It could be whoever you want. <laughs> Follow your heart. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're related to the movie, but we never actually know about them. Uh, Buttercup's parents. Okay. It seems like she only has a dad, so her mom probably died in childbirth. Do they mm. say that? Well, they only mention her dad, so... Oh. <laughs> the, the natural uh, extrapolation is that her mother probably died in childbirth, like all of the movies... Yeah, that's true. Um, the next question that I had was a time period, but I don't think that works for this one. Um, Why not? I don't know, because this is in a, like a weird outside of time If we can story. put Fast and the Furious in the 1960s, we can put this wherever we want. Yeah, no, but I think um, I, I want a question that's like more plot-based mm, to, okay, to okay. round this out. Right. Um so I'm curious I don't know how to phrase this question um, but like what's your central conflict mm. uh, or <laughs> who is the antagonist mm. can it be does it have to be can it be anybody yeah like, I can be like, Darth Vader is the antagonist in this? Sure. Okay. Now, well, now I'm thinking about these in relation to the other answers I'm given. Should I not be doing that at all and just... No, don't. It's going to no. be harder okay. if you do that. Great. 
All right. Um, then uh, let's do. <laughs> I just uh, Iceman from um, from uh, that. Um, wow, I'm just blanking on the name of that Tom Cruise movie now. Uh, Top Gun. How was it? No. <laughs> that was not where I thought that was going. Okay, sure. I thought it was going to be from like some Marvel movie or like X-Men or something. I am here for it, though. Uh, oh, no, okay. my pen is running out. Your what? My pen is running out. I used it to draw on my leg, and now it's not working. Is it uh, a gel sparkle pen? Um, It is a gel pen, but not sparkly. Okay, it's working. Some sparkle yeah. pens. Okay, so antagonist or central conflict? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, let's say uh, central contact conflict is um, finding a long-lost twin. Um, and another antagonist. Um, let's do... Um, uh, you from uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. okay. Is this the game that you would play with the little folded up thing and you'd like... No, but it's No, similar. that's... What What do you call that, Kara? Um, I called them fortune tellers, but I, apparently I some too. people call them cootie catchers. Yeah. Oh, that's what someone said to me. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's not what that's called. I call them fortune tellers, too. Okay. Okay. So, um, I'm going to start drawing a spiral, and I need you to tell me when to stop. Me? Yep. Go ahead and stop. Oh, no. I can't get... Okay. Sorry. Because you have to, like, draw a line across the spiral, and then I, like, ran out of the page, but we're fine. <laughs> um, this is the part with the math. Are you, Kara, are you on your own now for a couple minutes? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so while Kara does that, um, we play an easier game. We play Fuck, Mary Kill. <laughs> yes. Um, ready? Mm-hmm. You have... Mm, 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 you have... Oh, okay. You have Wesley, Buttercup... And uh, Andre the Giant. What's his name in the movie? Fezzik. 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 Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. I would... Wait. How... Who? <laughs> 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 um, all I heard you say was the part about Andre the Giant. Who are the other two people? Okay. Wesley, <laughs> Wesley Buttercup, and Fezzik. Oh, okay. Okay, I thought you so. said you only wanted to play this with tertiary characters. Well, I but then so that is what I thought. But then last time we played, we played with um, we did um Rose Jack. It was on the Titanic episode, so we also did Rose Jack and who was the third one when we did that? I think Billy Zane. I think Billy Zane too. But so I liked. I then liked having to make the decision of like one which main character would you kill. Uh-huh. Um, I th- I think it's as interesting if we use the main characters. I thought about it. Okay. <laughs> um, I would 
Uh, let's. I would uh, fuck Andre the Giant or Fezzik uh, because of all the interviews that I've seen, and he's everybody remembers him as just being this amazingly gentle human. <laughs> Very generous lover. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would um, see. I would marry Buttercup because uh, then she would help me become president later <laughs> in life. <laughs> um, and I would kill Wesley because apparently it doesn't stick. And he would just come right back to life and we'd get to hang out. Oh, yeah, that's true. You can't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. I have um, one more question for MASH because I realized that my story is incomplete. Where would this take place? Three, three places. You mm. didn't ask the food question either. Okay, I can also ask that question, which is like, if you could eat anything you want in the world with zero consequences, what would it be? <laughs> Um, um, but first, let's start with where does this take place? Where does this take place? Um, Could be any place, real or imaginary, from any time period. Okay. Um, uh, I want to... <laughs> my brain immediately jumped to Tron in the, okay. in the video game world. Um which might have been my second option for for nostalgic movie watching. <laughs> oh, I've um, never seen either of them, actually. Mm. I'm thinking about it. Um, okay, we have Tron. Uh, let's... I wonder how they would do in... Um, in Waterworld? That... Oh. <laughs> yes, excellent choice. Carol, uh, that's for Boatcast. I know. Jordan, we're going to do Waterworld and we're going to do it soon. Okay. <laughs> right. um, and let's, um, let's put them in the desert. Why not? Spell the desert. Which that, is that could a perfect work segue as well. to our next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, food that I would eat constantly? Like this, I'm choosing no, one. No, it's just <laughs> you could have it whenever you wanted, and you wouldn't have to worry about like food allergies or like it being bad for you. It's just, and you can summon it at any time, and you'll never get sick of it. Oh, I didn't know that rule. Sure, why not? Just added it. I like it. I like it. Hmm. I mean, what's the point of being able to eat anything you want if you can't summon it immediately? I, you're right. <laughs> and is this three choices as well, or are you just asking for one? This is three choices. This as is well. three choices. Okay. The first one that pops into my head is uh, peanut butter. Mm -hmm. um, because I used to eat peanut butter just in massive quantities and I um, I think I developed 
a slight allergy to it, and so now yeah. I have to be careful how much I eat. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Um, I have, like, a lot of things that I have, like, weird threshold problems with. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, hmm. Not peanut butter, though. If I eat that, I'll die. <laughs> Not it's in a this very game. low threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with uh, grapefruit. I really like grapefruit. Mm. Love a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A grapefruit with a little salt on it. Nothing better. Ooh. Whoa, salt. So I good. That. Putting salt on fruit, you guys, is amazing. I had also a great who used to salt her grapefruit, and it was it was pretty great. Yeah. Also great on watermelon. Interesting. Oh, I've never tried that one. Hmm. I like to um, slice it in half like you would if you're going to scoop it out. Mm-hmm. And then you pour, you can either put like maple syrup or Ooh. sprinkle some brown sugar on top and then you yeah. put it in the broiler. The broiler. Oh my yeah. God. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Caramelizes all the sugars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I have one food left. Okay. Uh, hmm. Oh, definitely um, a, a nice Bavarian pretzel. Like a, mm. Mm, yeah. Nice fluffy on the inside. Has that nice... Um, crust on the outside. Yeah. Just perfect amount of salt. Warm. They're giant. <laughs> They're thrown over the forearm of a of a beer maiden at the Hofbrau house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. doing something else uh jordan wow <laughs> are you care are you counting again yeah all right we were playing fuck mary kill oh yeah that's what we were doing okay you can you i can give you another one or you can pick one for me mm, okay yeah let's see about that um okay uh let's do Christopher Guest's character. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name. Um, and uh, Fezic. No, 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 not Fezic. Um, Vizzini. Mm-hmm. That's the. Um, I guess Prince Humperdinck, I'm trying to pick all villains. Let's see what you would do. <laughs> okay, okay. I gotta think. <laughs> this is hard. Um, okay. Hmm. I googled 
I googled Christopher Guest's character to remember more about him, and it brought me to a page called the Villains Wiki. So, Ooh. yes, he's a villain. Um, okay. Kill... Kill Mr. Hall. Because I don't think I could deal with listening to him say inconceivable. <laughs> like, ever again. Um, fuck Christopher Guest's character. Because I think you could tell him what to do. <laughs> He's used to taking orders. <laughs> and, and six fingers. And six fingers! Also Good six God. fingers, yeah. I, I even forgot about that part. Um, so that means I have to marry Prince Humperdinck. Which, like, fine, whatever, I'll be a princess. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a rousing game of fuck, marry, kill. Do you want one, Kara? <laughs> sure. We're running out of characters. Let's see who we have. Yeah, left. there's not enough people in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really it's a small cast. Um, okay. Uh, well, Inigo Montoya because we didn't use him yet. Mm. Um, <laughs> I like. No, I can't say the grandson. Cannot say friend savage. Uh, what the about grandfather. The yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more, and Billy Crystal's character. Okay. Miracle Max. Okay, so uh, fuck Inigo Montoya, because he's kind of hot in this movie, except for that terrible mustache. Uh, marry Billy Crystal's character, keep me laughing forever, and kill the old man because he's probably gonna die soon anyway. <laughs> Think of how broken-hearted Fred Savage would be, though. Oh, he'll get over it. Okay, <laughs> on to sequel mash. So, uh, for your gar- 100% guaranteed mash future, uh, you will be living and or well it's not your guaranteed match future is a guaranteed sequel future um so uh it's a movie and the genre of psychological thriller written and directed by wes anderson scored by hans zimmer starring billy crystal and carol kane uh and co-starring inigo montoya um and the chief antagonist is Iceman from Top Gun because you're, this takes place in Tron, um, but you'll have a very, very nice mansion that you'll be living in in the Tron world um, while you get to eat just as much peanut butter as your little heart desires. So that's the movie. I'd watch that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Titanic had a lot more to work with as far as this game goes, but 
It's, well, we're also still figuring out how to play this game. True. Because, well, this is our third MASH, and the first time we just played regular MASH. It wasn't second right. MASH. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. I, was, I was listening to the Titanic uh, episode today, and I didn't... Um, I was listening to it while I was doing a rigging inspection at work of the, the Treppy school, and I then I had to leave before the end of it, so... I'm gl- I'm glad to know where all the random questions and and things end up. That it does <laughs> go to a story. I'm gonna have to to pick up and listen to the last. It couple does. Minutes. We made a great movie. <laughs> yes. I got super lost in the last one because there was like time travel. <laughs> right. There's been time travel in all three of them, really. Well, no, I know because you have to pick a time period. But Joey's like, his was like specifically. Ugh, I don't remember. Alright, we did it. Does anyone else have anything else to say about the Princess Bride? Or MASH? Or anything? No, I'm very tired. Oh. oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to watch this again in the next couple days. I also might do that. I like, because now, now that I've seen it, and I'm like, oh, I like it, now I want to know all the quotes that everyone's always saying. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, hearing Billy Crystal's story of, like, he was in a restaurant eating a sandwich, um, and somebody just came up sort of over his shoulder and was like, is it nice and lean? <laughs> Yeah, he said that was his his favorite. Well, that's better than the other uh, quote that he probably gets every time that he's eating a sandwich. Which is for a woman to fake an orgasm? Well, and then <laughs> the old lady goes, I'll have what she's having. Which is actually <laughs> Rob Reiner's mom. Yes, she does. Oh, that's Rob Reiner's mom? Yeah. I love that movie. That movie is definitely like... I've never, I've telling. still never seen the whole thing. I've maybe uh, oh my God, seen that's that gonna scene. be our next episode. What you movie said that are we like, referencing? When Harry, when Harry met, met Sally. Sally. Oh yeah, okay. It's so good. I think I know of it, but I haven't actually seen it all the way through. <gasps> it's it's just truly wonderful. Like every time I watch it, I'm just like, I I'm I'm astounded that it's like still uh, I enjoy it just as much as I have every other time that I've watched it. But the most famous part is, like, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan? Oh, my God. That's her name, mm-hmm. right? Whoa, yeah. my brain just, like, did a blip. Um, they're at a restaurant, and he's like, no girl's ever faked it with me. Like, whatever. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. And she, then she just, like, fakes, like, an amazing orgasm in the restaurant. And then the old lady says, I'll have what she's having. Oh. Another sandwich reference. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We said all the things you want to say. I'll probably think of some more as soon as we end this. But of course, that's yeah. how this goes. Uh, well, I'll be sure to text you, Jordan. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that does it for the Princess Bride. Uh, Kara, you got anything to plug? 
Um, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, which is unlikely, but hey, why not? I'll give it a shot. I am doing a storytelling show uh, with my friends at Suffering the Silence, which is an organization that, that leverages the power of the arts to raise awareness for uh, issues around chronic illness and disability and build community within that. Um, and they are hosting a storytelling night. The theme will be Breaking the Silence. Um, and so that's May 31st uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. at the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. Um, if you go to my artist page on Facebook, I think I shared it there. Let me double check. Yes, okay, I shared it to my uh, artist page on Facebook. So if you go to facebook.com slash bimps, B-I-M-P-S-E, um, you can find a link to uh, get tickets. It's free, uh, but you still have to order tickets. So uh, it would be great to have people there. Um, I will be telling a hilarious story about the time that they lost my father's dead body. So you have that to look forward to. Um, and then you can follow me on all of the social media things at BIMPS. Uh, I got nothing to plug. Sometimes I post circus things on the Instagram at PC. Anthony, you want to plug anything for yourself? Um, I, I don't think so. Oh. Cool. Well, thanks yeah. for hanging out. Yeah. Thanks for picking this movie. And we will see y'all next time. Bye. 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 Come, my love, I'll tell you a tale Of a boy and girl and their love story And how he loved her oh so much And all the charms she did possess Now this did happen once upon a time Things were not so complex And how he worshipped the ground she walked And when he looked in her eyes He became obsessed My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel It's as real as the feelings I feel This love was stronger than the power so dark could have within his keeping his spells to weave and steal a heart within her breast but only sleeping my love is like a storybook story but it's as real as the feelings I feel my love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel 
It's as real as the feelings I feel 